Thank you very much. Thank you. Good evening and welcome to No Pressure to Be Funny, live at the Phoenix in Cavendish Square and broadcasting on the British Comedy Guide. So, the UK election campaigns have kicked off early. If we, if we can all just sort of try to contain our excitement about this, I'd be very grateful. The Tories, of course, started things by putting up posters of a long, straight road with the caption, let's stay on the road to a stronger economy. But failing, of course, to mention that the photograph was of a road in Germany. Uh, in, in Thanet South, a joke politician with ludicrous made-up policies has announced that he will be standing against the pub landlord, Al Murray. Stay with you, Kip. There's a big row at the moment because they failed to deliver their manifesto to the printers on time and now won't be able to have it checked by, and I quote, an independent think tank. That's, that's remarkable for two reasons. Not only does it show us the word think and UKIP in the same sentence, but it, it, it stretches the bounds of grammatical possibility. But it's not funny. That's not true. It's, it's, it's very funny that they can't even deliver their own manifesto to the printers in time. But there are more serious repercussions of this situation. Many UKIP members are furious. UKIP candidates, in fact, are furious because, well, they don't have a manifesto yet. And even, even people with quite a cursory grasp of democratic politics will, will, will recognize that this is quite important. So I, I quote again, candidates won't know what to tell voters on the doorstep. This is people who have signed up for the party, um, heard the leader describe the manifesto in 2010 as utter drivel. One of the few points in, in recent history where I found myself in complete agreement with Mr. Farage. They, they are now trying to punt another election with a manifesto that doesn't exist. So between utter drivel and nothing, they're still banging on doors, still ringing on doorbells, and still attempting to explain to people why they should be voting UKIP. And now they say they can't which really confuses me. UKIP need a manifesto to say bleeding foreigners every time someone opens the door. They need a manifesto to say, well, look, I would be able to go into more detail about our economic, military, education and health policies, but foreigners stopped our manifesto being printed because they were breastfeeding outside the factory and clogging up the motorway and having gay sex to make it rain. <laughs> Vote UKIP. Daily Mail. There was a link, wasn't there? There was a segue. Daily Mail began the year with a front page declaring that walking for 20 minutes a day can prolong your life. This was their first splash of the year. I loved it. It's a great story. What struck me, though, was this. Why would any Daily Mail reader want to prolong their life? <laughs> it, if you were feeding on such an unleavened diet of anxiety, paranoia, and rage, you'd think they'd want to get out of here as soon as bloody possible. But they don't. European news now. Uh, the finest sperm banks in the world. You're nodding, madam. <laughs> the, the, the finest sperm banks in the world are in Copenhagen, apparently. And huge numbers of British women are, are, are using them. Uh, you can see this keeping UKIP awake at night. It's, it's a lovely situation where... Um, it's one thing to close the borders, of course, to stop foreigners coming over here, but these bloody Danish foreigners, they're coming over there and taking our women. <laughs> 30 pounds a pop they get. Technical term. 30 pounds a pop. I'm, I'm quite bitter and angry about this, not least because it seems I've missed out on actually monetizing the one thing I've been consistently good at for all of my adult life. 
The first female Church of England bishop, Libby Lane. It's a great name. Strangely, sounds like a porn star, unfortunately. But the, the first female C of E bishop gets consecrated tomorrow. She has said, knowing Jesus as a teenager made sense to me, which made me wonder, how old is Libby Lane? Right, we start off, as usual, with some music. This week, a top-flight British comedian who I'm personally delighted to see back at No Pressure to be Funny. He has also appeared on Nevermind the Buzzcots, They Think It's All Over, and Mock the Week. He's been described by the legend Daniel Kitson as a wonderful disgrace of a human being. And if all that wasn't enough, tonight, for the first time in No Pressure's history, and not quite for the first time in his career, he sings! Ladies and gentlemen, Ben Norris! Oh, thanks very much, uh, everyone. This is a lovely uh, honour to be here and an experiment as well because I don't normally do uh, songs. So, fuck it. Should we try it? Just try it. Guitar. You look scared. Don't be. It's just a bit of fun, isn't it? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, it's nice to be here. I I broke down on the way to the gig. That was embarrassing. Um, crying on the train. Um, <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, the um, thank you, James. That's nice to hear laughter from behind me. Uh, uh, if, I, if I'd wanted that, I'd have stayed at home with the wife. No, joking. Um, doesn't it doesn't make sense? Doesn't even make sense. Doesn't doesn't matter. Um, so um, oh, that's, that's nice. So um, so yeah. So I'm not. You know, I'm a stand-up comic. I don't do, normally do a guitar thing, but I. Um, I did, did something at the Cutting Edge at the Comedy Store a few months ago, and Alistair Barry, um, who's normally here, but he's probably got a corporate or something, um, <laughs> he uh, he suggested that I come down and do do a topical song here. Um, it was quite a while ago, um, so this first song's about Oscar Pistorius. <laughs> yeah. Um, you think I'm joking? I'm fucking not. Um, <laughs> so I thought, what, what, ladies and gentlemen, what would David Bowie have made of the Oscar Pistorius sentence? Is that, can you hear that? got five years that's all he got he got five years and that's not a lot he got five years for telling those lies he got five years oh what a surprise he got five years it should have been more five years he shot her through the door he got five years and now we're all stumped Five years. Oh Lord, what a cut! It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so, <clears throat> so it doesn't all have to be topical. But look, looking at you, would it be fair to say that young people are horrible? Because uh, <laughs> you know we were, we all were, weren't we? we? I don't know if you can remember it. Some of you look like you probably can't, but the. Um, <laughs> But it flies by, doesn't it? It flies by. I've got the salt and pepper going on. Someone, someone told me the other day I shouldn't get depressed about that because apparently ladies like that up there. Apparently that's sexy up there. Down there, suddenly no one's hungry. That's a shame, isn't it? Um, 
Oh, wrong gig. Um, <laughs> so this is a bit about interacting with young people uh, when you're out. She's got a iPhone, no headphones. She's got a shit song for her <laughs> ringtone. She's on a night bus, nowhere near home. And if I had my way, she'd be a bag of bones. She's got a friend with her, or she'd be alone. They play ticky ticky songs on their ticky ticky phones. They go ticky ticky ting and a ticky ticky tone. Talking about a speaker with a four mil cone. She's got a iPhone, no headphones. And if I had my way, she'd be a bag of bones. And they go do 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 do. Do 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 do. She's got a iPhone, no headphones. If I had my way, she'd be a bag of bones. So that's the one. Um, so, thank you. Um, so uh, tell you a bit more about me. When I was a kid, uh, my parents used to make make us watch a TV program about the supernatural at the weekends. What was that called? Um, Songs of Praise. I don't know if you remember it. <laughs> Do you remember it? That's fucking weird telly, isn't it? Oh, invisible God, I love you. Oh, invisible God, I want you. Oh, invisible God, I need you to justify my prejudice. Weird. Weird telly. Um, oh, I've lost a few of you. Hello, Christians. <laughs> Hello, Christians. You might be all right. You may be all right. Could be. You, you might be right. Um, but can I just say, if you're thinking of giving up something for Lent, can I suggest hope? <laughs> I, um, I was brought up a Catholic, but now I'm adult. Um, <laughs> and they're not so interested in those. Um, um, <laughs> come on, people. No, I just think, you know, it's a faith, obviously, it's a personal thing, and that's how people should keep it, really, shouldn't they? People get very tense about it, and they shouldn't, for something so unprovable. You know what I mean? Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> Islamic fundamentalists, they're tense, aren't they? <laughs> Not as tense as I've just made this gig, but they really are. <laughs> aren't they? Islamic fundamentalists? I think they should be more like the people who market Marmite, you know? Islam. It's not for everyone. Some people aren't sure I should be taking the piss out of Islamic fundamentalists. I'm working on the theory they don't go to comedy. They're not even allowed to fucking hum. I'm talking about, by the way, I'm talking about Islamic fundamentalists, not Muslims, two different things, unless you read the Daily Fucking Mail to give it its full title. I'm talking about the scary ones with the bombs and the guns, yeah. I don't know what that is, by the way. Stripper getting ready? I don't know. Um, again, wrong gig. Um, one thing's for sure, my friends. You're never going to meet a suicide bomber with a sense of humour. Oi, mate. Pull my finger. It's a good joke, isn't it? It's a good joke. That is such a good joke that the uh, comedian Paul Chowdhury stole it off me and did it on the telly. Anyway... Um,
So much disagreement and there's so much debate If you think that there's a God then all you gotta do is wait When you pop your clogs it'll be behind the pearly gates And I honestly think if that were true then that would be great Most of us who don't believe have given it some thought Ain't gonna read no Bible to my son and my daughters Put down your guns, rocket launchers and your mortars Question all the dogma or your lambs to the slaughter Some of us just don't believe and that don't mean we're sinners We probably have more existential angst than hot dinners A million philosophy books out there if you've got time to read them I sometimes think the face of force of those afraid of freedom I ain't gonna put my faith in Allah, Jesus or Jehovah I'd rather put in a rabbit's foot or a a falling clover There's no angels, no devil, no monsters under your bed You know all we got is here and now And when you're dead, you're dead That's it for me, thank you very much Ben Norris, ladies and gentlemen, Ben Norris Helen Lewis is the deputy editor of the New Statesman magazine Appears regularly on the Daily Politics programme she's, she's also very funny And her morally questionable interest in video games Is balanced out by the fact that for six years She ran something called Schmooze and Booze Where young journalists met in a pub for an evening um, Which must have been a huge organisational challenge for, for you, Helen I'm, I'm intrigued, shows how old I am I'd 95% of my newspaper career was spent schmoozing and boozing I, I, I think we'd have arranged one evening in the pub to actually write stories. Same with you, I suspect, Rich Pepiat, a comedian and a former tabloid journalist whose award-winning film One Rogue Reporter has probably been mentioned in previous No Pressure intros but deserves to be mentioned again because it is quite brilliant. Um, It's an extremely funny expose of tabloid behaviour which... Um, I still don't quite understand how you got away with, and it is now now available online. You can find it. It's called One Rogue Reporter. The first thing you should do this evening um, when you get home is download it, buy it from iTunes, and watch it. Y- you, you will see, among other things, Kelvin McKenzie get handed his ass on a paper plate. Yeah. Now that plug's done, I'm, gonna see it. I'm off now. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> next, to, uh, next to Richard, a stand-up whose career is going ballistic at the moment. Her most recent TV appearances include Mock the Week, Drunk History and The Blame Game. And if that weren't proof enough of her upward traje- trajectory even, tonight she makes a welcome return to No Pressure. The Guardian call her mouthy, cynical and sexually frank. But we prefer to call her Tiffany Stevenson, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, and the ageless veteran stand-up Bob Mills, known as the Peter Pan of the UK comedy s- circuit. <laughs> Star, of course, of In Bed With Me Dinner and writer of the acclaimed British film Pierpoint. Bob's crowning achievement, however, remains his role in central defence for the North London comedians against South London comedians <laughs> in 1986, <laughs> where he did indeed um, play alongside that Franz Beckenbauer of alternative comedy, Nick Revel. Um, North London lost 5-2. <laughs> Let us... Uh, uh, Bob Mills, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. I thought you were being weird then, clapping the result. And then I remembered I'm supposed to be introducing the panel. Thank you. Um, let, let, let's start off with an example, if you will, of, uh, of comedy and politics colliding. Um, it is the decision of, of, of the pub landlord, Al Murray, to run in... Thanet South against Nigel Farage on a party that sort of effectively just attempts to be more like UKIP than UKIP. Bob, I'll start with you. Just just two things. First of all, sort of comedians moving into proper politics to get laughs, but also to make a serious point. Your thoughts on that? And secondly, have have you ever been tempted yourself? No, I've not not been tempted myself, and I think comedians should start well out of politics. The whole point of being a comedian is you can say whatever you want. 
so you don't have to tell a party line. You can genuinely say, I hate you and I hate you because you're allowed to, because it's what we're there for. We're there to, to give to the public uh, a sounding board for their actual, the things that they're frightened to say. It's a funny thing. Think about Al and, and uh, Nigel, though. It's, it's a little bit difficult because I think if I was looking for someone who would, who would, who would given the right wing of this country more sucker than they really should have, I'd put the blame firmly at Al Murray's door, to be honest. <laughs> because the pub, line, the pub landlord... Uh, Al Murray, as we know, is a lovely man, and we all love him, and we give him a lug. But the pub landlord is a hideous creature that hides behind a very thin veneer of being ironic, but in fact brings out all the most hateful elements of sort of, uh, you know, almost neo-Nazis in this country and allows them to get away with it by thinking that they're humorous. So I think, he, I think that's slightly more dangerous than Nigel because Nigel, with the best one in the world, is a, is a twit. <laughs> and twits you can deal with. We can deal with twits. It's why, it's why I worry that we don't engage UKIP and we don't talk to them because it would be the easiest thing in the world to talk to them. And at the end of it, they would probably have to say, oh, of course, I see what you mean. Yes, we are slightly deluded and, and slightly twittish. <laughs> yeah. But by, by not, obviously, if you don't engage them, and if all you send into the bat against them is, is someone who's made a rather good living out of stoking the flames. Isn't this his penance? Do you not think he sees this partly as his... Because he knows what you've just described. <laughs> he knows it's true. He knows that lots of people that turn up at his gigs possibly don't realise... Don't see the irony at don't all. Don't realise it's a joke. Huge, um, and, and red-faced white men And this is, his, this is his way of... I uh, hope so. I'm, I mean, I hope so, but it's I hard doubt to think it. of another reason. Well, I think it's I think it's just a, a cheap publicity stunt. Really? To be honest, yeah, I think so. The only decent comedy, the only time a comedian ever stood properly for one was the, the late great Malcolm Hardy stood for the beer and skittles party, which said is exactly that. Whatever else this country provides in the way of the national health service or the armaments industry, there should be free beer and complimentary skittles. To everybody in the country. As in Skittles is in the suites? Or no. Skittles is in the... Uh, oh, you child! <laughs> Not Skittles is in the suites. Skittles is in the pub game. Who we wants um, to play Skittles? There's like two pubs there from the country playing Skittles. Dark. Got or iPhones. Or... And Got there, iPhones. ladies and gentlemen, yeah, exactly. you have what is wrong with this country. <laughs> <laughs> a young man who would... Nostalgia. A young man who would That's prefer Bull and Patang. <laughs> To the great English game of Skittles. Steady on, it's a family show. Uh, <laughs> Rich Babiak Castle there in the rare role of voice of youth. Um, if, if Believe cat... me, when I'm on the panel, <laughs> you're all liable to be cast in that role. Um, what, what do you think about this? Because you've also uh, uh, essayed that kind of transition from serious journalism on the Daily Star where you were... Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I, <laughs> I must have missed that part of my I career. Fo- I, fo- I fondly remember. Just tell everyone where you kept your cigarettes when you were forced to go out in a full burqa. Uh, they, yeah, they were um, duct taped to my chest, uh, which, which, when the police stopped me, became a rather ill-advised place to keep them. Uh, when they, uh, yeah, when they did search me, it wasn't. Uh, this yeah. was, this, this it, it was, did cause some confusion. This was before you you, you left in, a, in an act of well, almost unique principle in the annals of modern tabloid journalism. You left in direct protest at their associations with with sort of far right. Scaremongering. So I'm interested in what you think about this. But Bob's been pretty uh, characteristically unequivocal. I remain quite excited by this for the very simple reason that 
Bob's wrong. Engaging with them doesn't work. It makes for a bloody good radio show, but it doesn't actually... <laughs> It doesn't actually work. They never put the phone down going, oh, yes, I can actually be happier and more peaceful. They put the phone down going, God, he's in on it. He's probably being paid by Brussels to be bloody factual about things. So how, how, how do you see this intervention playing well, out? Well, look, I mean, you know, I, I think that what's been said about Al Murray is completely correct. And, and all I can say about it is, is that, you know, I remember working at the Daily Star and having to go to some English Defence League rallies, right? And... Every time you'd turn up, and there'd be sort of the English Defence League on one side, there'd be the anti-fascists on the other side, and you'd turn up as a reporter, and the minute they heard you from the Daily Star, they would literally try and pick you up and act like you were like their, their king and saviour. And it was the most horrific moment. You'd be like, oh, no, no, don't pick me up, don't pick me up, because they felt it was their paper. And for me, that was one of the, the things that sort of you know, provoked me to go, I just hate my life. I really, really hate my life. I've, I've got to get out of this. But the same sort of applies to Al Murray is that, you know, for someone who is aware that a lot of his audience don't get the joke, um, don't get the irony, um, for him to have carried it on for so long um, and, and made a good living out of it, I, I, you know, I, I think that, you know, there is some responsibility on his part for stoking those fires. I think there is. And, you know, I enjoy Al Murray. I think he's a very clever guy. I don't really like the pub landlord character, but it's not a character, uh, you know, a passing character. He's been his main character for a long time. And, and so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know... Do, do you reckon he's going to have an impact? Um, I, I, what Elec is electorally, we, we sent a political editor there and, and asked a few people sort of hanging around if they were UKIP supporters, and a few of them said yes, so he then just ran through a few of Al Murray's policies. And, and um, well, you see, this is funny, but it's also not funny for all the reasons you and Bob have both picked up on, that these people quite like the policies, mm. especially the one about bricking up the Channel Tunnel. Because as, as this bloke said, in good faith to a news, to, to, to a news journalist, not to a, um, you know, a comedy vox pop, he said, well, no, they ain't swimming over here, are they? So <laughs> uh, that's already one vote Nigel might have lost. <laughs> Somebody, I heard someone say, when they were talking about breaking up the, the Channel Tunnel, for this very reason that would stop illegal immigrants coming in, they said, yeah, but no, well, no you don't br I'm not talking about breaking the Channel Tunnel up because it's a problem that we need to sort out their end. So what I'm talking about is a door. <laughs> <laughs> and then when we've sorted out Calais, we can reopen and start. You don't want to be dismantling a great big brick wall. Let's work. <laughs> <laughs> like a giant cat flap mm. sort of thing, coming out the end of the The tunnel. electronic ones where your cat, if <laughs> with your cat a, with ain't got the right thing on it, can't get in. Come on, we shouldn't jest. Um, uh, Tiffany, what, what do you make of this? I, I'm surprised, actually. I, I thought the comedic fraternity... I know there's no such thing as the comedic nah. fraternity, but I, I thought you'd all be sort of... Uh, and the fact you called it a fraternity. Yeah, sorority. Whoa! While speaking to the female comedian. Yeah, hang on. I was, I was describing Bob, and I was about to go, as the representative of the comedic sorority, sorority yeah. how would you feel about Al Murray's, uh, Al Murray's intervention? Nice attempt at a dodge. Into um, itself. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, well, I, I kind of disagree with them a little bit. I think we're not giving Al enough credit. Mm. It is quite clearly defined as a character, and there are always people that are not going to get the joke, whether you're doing a character or not. And it kind of leads into stuff that we probably will talk about later on, Charlie Hebdo-related. Do people get the joke? Do people not get the joke? Um, I think with Al, uh, I, think, I think it's a very funny way to satirise Nigel Farage. So I don't necessarily... Also, I don't want to toe the line that people like Stuart Lee do, who who says stuff about Al Murray going, people People don't see the irony in it, they take what he says on face value, but it says Al Murray pub 
pub landlord, he is clearly spoofing that type of person, as opposed to Stuart, who says hateful things about other comedians in his stand-up, and then steps away from it and says, I'm a character, but it's got his name on it. So I think it's interesting how we judge mm. how people are separating themselves from their material. And that I say that as a fan of Stuart Lee, and I'm sure there's plenty of fans in, but I am saying that it is clearly defined as a character, and, you know, he's standing in, th in Thanet, isn't he? So it's, it's Farage's town, you know, Kent, the Garden of England, if that garden had a skip in it and a mattress in the front, that's... Um, <laughs> But, you know, I, I, I say that we can't engage with them or try and call them twits because that's not working, you know. And the more Nigel Farage is put on TV, the more he's listened to seriously. Mm. So I think it's an effective way to satirise someone by coming in and being more ridiculous. But that's just my view. But the, the, the crossovers are remarkable. Ellen Lewis, you, you invited Russell Brand to guest edit The New Statesman. That, that was a sort of similarly controversial <laughs> yeah. idea. Um, it, it was successful, mostly. Um, how do you feel about Al Murray sort of guest? <laughs> guest editing the country. Guest editing the country, <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I believe we call it that, yeah. That's when New Worth being Prime Minister. From my point of view as a political journalist, I find it really fascinating that like, political journalists are, are basically bored of UKIP. We've done yeah. all the UKIP stuff. We found, we've outed every fruitcake with strange views about things, you know, and going back you, to... You have been away for a couple of days. Left. There must be a few left. Uh, Ellen, yeah, but it's now, it's now in the words priced in. So the I idea know you've been away for a couple of days. There has been another... Th there's an MEP now who's, who's defected. But the problem with that is that now everyone goes, oh, racists. Yeah, they yeah. do. And that's the problem. And UKIP has got nowhere left to go. I mean, you, it's like, I, I always ask the question, what would Boris Johnson have to do to become unelectable? It's kind of, it's, I'm sure you've got thoughts about this, James, but there is so much priced into Boris Johnson that, I mean, he really would have to, I don't know, like, drop his trousers in front of the Queen? No. No, no, no good old really Boris. Not. Good Father. old Boris. He Bloody hell. He loves a bit of arse. <laughs> that man loves a bit of arse. He, um, <laughs> he looks like a boiled ham in a wig, doesn't he, Boris Johnson? Um, no, but I think but he, but he's well aware of what image is and how much of a comedy character he is. Because there's no... So, sorry, you're in a position of power. You can't get a fucking haircut. Mm. Sorry, I didn't mean to swear there, but I do like... That is so artfully done. I'm going to leave the shoelaces. I'm going to leave the hair a mess, and I'm going to run around with the shirt buttons open. That is a character that he's created. Mm. So I think Al Murray's pub landlord is a character. So I think he is satirising all of them by doing that. I'm just waiting for Dapper Laughs to join the Thanet Cell <laughs> race, and then it'll be complete... Uh... <laughs> do, do you think he'll have an impact, Helen? Do you think he will achieve... No, I think it's. I, I have to say, I think it's really unlikely. I don't yeah. think people are stupid. I think they know what they're voting for when they're voting for UKIP. Much as I think I would like to. Well, my, stuff that Al Murray says. In my North London, you know, quinoa munching, sure. samphire eating. Uh, <laughs> penthouse. Don't you be attacking the samphire. <laughs> we did have a discussion out back about. No, samphire. no, 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 no never say that, Rich. Don't, 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 London to buy samphire is really that occurred. I, 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 sorry, I've damaged the credibility not, of everyone on this panel, but I'm grassing everyone up. I was this not occurred. part of this conversation. <laughs> I was fairness, not part. Sorry. I was rolling my own cigarettes and eating pork scratchings <laughs> yeah, at the I'm time. Sorry, Jack. In, in fairness, it wasn't a discussion about the best. It was a statement. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Parkus in Crouchend is the only place you can buy decent <laughs> Anything else is just tomfoolery. Just because you're sponsored by them, <laughs> you get free samphire for every plug you can get in. If I could 
even just sorry, well, I know we're talking about Alan. It's quite funny, and he's going up against. But someone who's a little bit older and, and remembers the sort of a time in this country when the right was a lot more united. The the right's very disparate in this country. It's all it's all been splinter group. You have some wonderful splinter groups. I'll come across them. There's, there is there are the Finchley volunteers, who sound to me like the sort of people if I sprain my ankle. I would call them, in fact, they're rather a nasty little right-wing EDL splinter group. Yeah, the Finchley volunteers. Um, <laughs> the problem, but you see, the problem is with, with Nigel Farage, he's, he's, kind of, he's kind of an acceptable face, right? And if you, if you do dispute with Nigel Farage and you do invite him to, to areas and you listen to them, you can break them down and you can shine light on them to the point where most of the people who will be lulled into supporting them will see sense. He doesn't have to, it doesn't matter. But most of them will and, 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 his, and his, his star will fade and he'll recede gracefully into, the, in, into history. To be replaced perhaps by the Greens who've had this remarkable surge, partly since David Cameron said he wouldn't take part in the... Uh uh, leadership debates, unless the Greens were involved, which was probably more tactical than principled. Um, but they're, they're, they're polling now ahead of the Liberal Democrats, which... <laughs> yeah, but not to be rude, that's based on two things, which is, one, that no-one knows what their policies are. If yeah. you read their policies, I like even that. I as a left-leaning person, <laughs> some of them are bonkers. And two... Go on, give us your favourites. Um, uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. The Beyonce, yeah. Beyonce tax. What's that? What's that? Um, they want to tax performers who come over and... It's, a, it's actually not as crazy as it sounds. Um, they want to... Yeah. When performers come and, and, and perform here from abroad and take big fees, they want to ta take a tax on that and put it back to back into the arts and, and culture, yeah, I, apparently. I like that. oh, and that's not oh, Vote Green! Whoa! I thought you were going to say... It was. It was. They were going to tax performers who came over in sexually excited me. <laughs> I, I thought it was a tax on There's big bums for a minute yeah. there. I was like, tax on big bums. I was like, that can't, that can't be. So you have to pay was, some tax. It's on not the a Kim Kardashian here. tax. It's a Beyonce tax. Uh, oh, oh no, she's not. So I'm getting them confused. <laughs> no, Helen, she, she has a medium bum, I think. Helen, Does she have I, a big bum, Beyonce? I want uh, something more bonkers, no, 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 Helen. More bonkers. More bonkers than that. More bonkers than that. Well, yeah. I've got. I've got distracted because UKIP's policies are attractively bonkers. So they want to make the circle line back into a circle that was when their policy yeah but you think about it you'd be at Edgware Road and you'd be really thanking your UKIP government for that one and they also I think I've misjudged them horribly and the other one is they want to bring back those big passports you used to have who's this is the, is Greens? the Greens or UKIP, UKIP. Oh, no, I want the Greens now don't weasel out of it yes what are the bonkers they, green they, policies they want to decriminalise drugs which I think is a great policy yeah, oh, but, and ban all alcohol advertising they want, to ban, they want to ban all animal testing, which is all very well until you've got Parkinson's and you need a new jug for it. Well, that's like, um, it's like Reagan, isn't it, who was anti-stem cell research until he needed stem cell research. Yeah, and then no. all of a sudden, Nancy Reagan went, I think it's fine. And Will it help him remember things? Okay. And they fundamentally don't believe in economic growth. This is a real problem. I mean, if you've got already got a lot of money, they want you to have slightly less money. If you haven't got any money, they don't want you to get out of poverty. That's fundamentally the problem. And it's electorally that is, that is poisonous. They, they want to return to a situation where it's cottage industries, where we have a situation where, you know, it's... It, you know, small people growing vegetables in their garden and things like this. Because I was reading this in the Daily Mail, as I do on a, <laughs> on a Friday or Saturday this week, and, uh, and so they had a double-page spread exposing the, gr the green policies, most of which I've forgotten now. 
because uh, I was too busy probably looking at some celebrity in a bikini, which is on the next page. But uh, <laughs> but but no, I mean, you know. The, the, Can I do I, another UKIP one? No. They want, they no. want, no, come on, no, this is great. Go they on, want then. taxi drivers to wear uniforms. But they, 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 oh, that's so a policy. Yeah. That, they must have really been yeah, 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 the end well, of well, the well, like, We need something to put What down. you understand is most people, most of these people probably in this room, will never know the joy of a chauffeur. <laughs> <right? laughs> Beautiful and pronunciation. And there is nothing better than a liveried, let's not beat about the bush, servant <laughs> driving your car for you. And very few people get that unutterable joy. Why not let them have a little bit of pleasure? Who's... Yeah. Whose who's manifesto was it then to grow the vegetables? Was that, that Greens? Was green. I, look, Did Chairman Mao write it? What's I, I, happening? I, I, I'm going to vote for the Greens. I'm saying it. I don't mind that. I think that's not a bad thing. Like, let's, you know, Maybe not everyone we... is capable of growing their own food and vegetables. Yeah, I, I live I, in a third <laughs> floor flat, Rich. Where am I going to do that? I, live on a th- I haven't thought that far ahead. Don't ruin it for me. <laughs> I know that I will starve, but, but don't no, ruin my... The Samphire <laughs> thing. It's the Samphire yeah. thing no, There you go. That is the, the, the foothills, perhaps, <laughs> of the mountain that the Green Party has to climb if it's to achieve major electoral success. Um, let, let, let me bring to the stage now a man who has never been chauffeured anywhere in his life to share with you um, a, a monologue. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the stage Mr Nick Revel. Thanks a lot. Actually, I have been chauffeured, but that's another story. Um, my French cousin lives quite close to where the uh, Kouachi brothers made their last stand after the Charlie Hebdo shootings and I, uh, I messaged her on the day of the siege to ask her what do French people, what wine do French people drink with uh, a, a terrorist siege in their village and uh, she phoned back to say the closest bottle of wine you can fucking grab to hand. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, Charlie Hebdo, we need to discuss that. Uh, I, I was hoping to do less sort of angry monologues this year because if you were here in the autumn I was sort of losing my rag quite a lot a lot of things make me angry uh, people bumping into you because they're too busy texting to look where they're going that can, can really piss me off you know? especially when they're in a car I can, I can really cramp your whole day but anyway so when I was watching the, uh, the, the, the demonstration the march through Paris on the Sunday after the killings and you saw that front row of all the world leaders who were turning up to uh, pay their respects to these champions of free speech and free expression. I thought I was looking down the line. I don't probably need to list all the people that were there, but you've got the Saudi Arabian ambassador, you've got Sergei Lavrov, the Russian foreign minister, and you've got President Bouteflika of, of uh, Algeria leading a street march, <laughs> a man from a country where they've banned street demonstrations. And I was looking at that row of the world leaders and I was thinking, this is the finest illustration of performance art as satire I have ever seen in my life. In fact, the thought occurred to me that if the Charlie Hebdo cartoonists knew that these people were going to turn up to lead the march at their funeral rites, they would have shot themselves in the fucking head. I was also amazed by certain things of it, like, you know, for a start, it seems to me that if you're not allowed to draw pictures of the prophet, how did you know it was him in the fucking cartoon? (laughs) And also it amazed me how many... (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Okay, a bit of a delay. (laughs) 
It also amazed me how many shades of moral interpretation people were able to find in the question of the morality of whether it's good or not to shoot someone in the head for making an offensive joke. Frankly, I would have thought that on a moral scale, making an offensive joke was somewhere down here and shooting him in the head for making it was somewhere, or somewhere up here on the 10.12 on the scale. Uh, but, you know, what do I know? Uh, I, 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 I was amazed by that. It, it, it's an entirely unforgivable thing, uh, in my opinion. And I feel that uh, uh, in res- out of respect to Charlie Hebdo, I should do the rest of this uh, routine in a sort of Charlie Hebdo-type uh, type style. Uh, for example, what really, really upset me was, well, firstly, that moral interpretation that people had. Oh, well, you know, they shouldn't have been shot in the head, but on the other hand, they were kind of asking for it by making offensive jokes about a sensitive subject. It's a shame she got raped, but, you know, she was wearing a low-cut dress, and it was terrible that those Jews got shot in the kosher supermarket, but on the other hand, they were provoking people by being openly Jewish. I don't buy it, you know? And the real thing that really upset me about this atrocity, and I found it really repugnant was the fact that these murderers going in and shooting cartoonists in cold blood has forced me to feel and express sympathy for French people (laughs) that is fucking disgusting in my book Uh, absolute I mean you know we've been we've had open or closed or hot or cold hostilities with the French for a thousand years and now you've got to get behind them that is disgusting to me the French with their style and their gitane and Catherine Deneuve and their reflexive verbs that take être in the perfect tense. I mean, they only killed 17 of them, for fuck's sake. I'd have taken the lot out, apart from the cheesemakers, obviously, and the winemakers and the women, most of the bakers and some of the writers. But that's also, you know, that's a really pathetic kill rate, isn't it? 17. There were three of them armed with automatic weapons, two Kalashnikovs each, two automatic pistols on their waist, and grenade launchers, and they could only take out 17 unsuspecting, mainly unarmed French people. That is fucking pathetic. (laughs) When we were at Agincourt, there were 5,000 of us... 50,000 of them, and they weren't just firing cartoons at us. They were all aware that there was a battle going on. They were fully armed on horseback, in armour, and we took out all of them. That's a 10 per person hit rate. I tell you, that is fucking pathetic. Call yourselves jihadi warriors, because they're up there. Not in the pub, they're in paradise. Obviously not in the pub. (laughs) They're obviously not in the pub. They're in paradise as we speak, having sex with their 72 virgins. Gay male virgins, I like to think. Because they failed to fill in the form specifying the gender. I like to think they're having sex with uh, gay men who've been thrown off high buildings by ISIS for being gay. That's what I like to think. So, if you can just uh, prize the spunk out of your ears for a few moments so you can listen to me. 
Call yourself Jihadi Warriors, you're fucking crap. Fucking 17 between three of you. That's a hit rate of 5.6. That's fucking shit, that is. And I'll tell you something else. That proves that you're not Islami fucking warriors fighting for the global caliphate. With a kill rate like that, you're fucking useless at fighting. Fighting That fucking proves, indisputably, that actually you are French. <laughs> In fact, you're nearly fucking Italian. That's fucking pathetic, that is. Ah oui, au fait, si vous croyez vraiment que votre Dieu est si grand, pourquoi faut-il que vous tuez toujours plein de monde? Why, if you think your God is so great, do you have to go around killing people on his behalf? C'est vous qui manquez de respect for Allah et son prophète. La paix, la paix soit sur sa tête. It is you who are expressing disrespect for Allah and his prophet, peace be upon him. C'est si dur à comprendre, it's so hard to understand. Est-ce qu'il faut je dois vous dessiner? Do I have to draw you a picture? Thank you. Nick Revel, ladies and gentlemen, Nick Revel. And we're back in the room. Now I know why you're not on Radio 4. <laughs> Yet. Um, the, uh, the, the, the line, among many, that sticks out there is that line about asking for it. The idea that happened quite fast after the atrocities had unfolded. This, this but that appears in sentences where there should be no but. They didn't deserve to die, but... They were asking for it by being offensive. They knew the score. They know that if they print these cartoons, some people, however mad they may be, will get desperately upset. And plenty of people who aren't remotely mad also get desperately upset by these depictions. Helen Lewis, as the only editor of a weekly, public, fortnightly publication, no, weekly publication on the panel this evening. <laughs> I know you're deputy yes, editor, but, but the editor goes on holiday, so you're the only person here who's ever been in charge of a magazine. Um, and, and you haven't printed these, uh, the, the, these pictures, nobody else has. Um, why not, if there is no mileage in the asking for it argument? It felt like a fuck you to the wrong people. I think that's what we decided in the end. We had printed, um, bizarrely, so there's a tradition, it's only Sunni Muslims who object to mm. depictions of Prophet Muhammad Shia, which is the majority religion in Iran, for example. They don't have any prohibition on it at all. So we had previously talked, and we, ha- we have a quite a famous Muslim columnist, Mehdi Hassan, um, a couple of years ago when he was there, we did a life of uh, the Prophet Muhammad, and we put a picture in then, and literally no one cared, because it was just a historical picture. It wasn't an up-yours kind of picture at all. And so what we decided was we wouldn't have printed cartoons like this. There's a bad history with Yilans Posten, the, the people who originally printed them, this Danish newspaper, was very far right, and they were very specifically supposed to be anti-immigrant, like anti-Muslim cartoons that we wouldn't have printed that kind of thing anyway. And we certainly weren't going to print it in kind of solidarity with saying, uh, you know, saying that we wanted to endorse those sentiments. I think it's fine. And I think, as Nick demonstrated, it's, you can take the piss out of the people who did this all the time, but I just think it just felt like the wrong fuck you. I don't know if you do... Maybe, maybe I don't know, I'm interested to know if well, everyone thinks Hassan, that's terrific cowardice. Many Hassan wrote a really great... Um, 
piece for you uh, last week about it, and the argument of which I cannot remember, but I remember reading it <laughs> and going, it's a very different perspective. It's basically sort of going, you know, depicting the Prophet Muhammad, no, fuck you all, and you're a bunch of hypocrites for the fact you've all jumped on this free speech wagon about it. Well, it was, it was Make- the idea of free speech fundamentalism. So we're saying, they, these people here, we should be free to offend them as much as we bloody well like. But actually, we all have in our minds and in our, in our consciences lines that we would rather people didn't cross. Well, it let does, me tell you what happened to me on the Sunday politics. Yeah. Right, Last October, so what happens at the BBC? About the 26th of October, a diktat comes down on front high that poppies have now been issued. Everyone must wear poppies all the time. And I said, this is ludicrous. It's like the 26th of August or something. I will wear my poppy very happily, very respectfully, in November, the month of remembrance. And I didn't wear it. And the number of people who tweeted at me about how horrible disrespect this was and how I must hate our war dead said to me that actually people have got a lot... You know what the people mean is that if other people should be offended, they don't want them yes. themselves to be offended. And well, I think f- that was a really example, useful lesson to me. That actually most people aren't free speech fundamentalists; they're just very casual about other people being offended. The, 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 the people who were most vocal, perhaps Bob Mills, about why we should print these bloody cartoons and show them people what's what, probably be less. Um, defensive of freedom if, if you were to point out that burning a wreath in public, as long as it didn't contravene any health and safety laws, would be, would be intellectually an identical act. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I don't... I know that, that you said you didn't print them, and I wouldn't see any reason to. I think if you, if you, print, it, if you print those cartoons after the fact, then you're, you're doing it for a completely different reason. It's, uh, as you say, it shouldn't be a show of support. You know, I just think the whole thing is... The, the big problem here is the but, as you said, is yeah. the but. I I think it's wrong to to to, uh, to portray uh, cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad. I happen to think it's wrong uh, because it it might affect people. I'm a religious person. I don't mind people offending me. Uh, I, I I think it's quite funny that comics uh, see it's such an easy target, and I it doesn't bother me at all. But I'm aware of the fact uh, that some people in the Muslim community don't do it, so I wouldn't do it. But the, and, and that's where you get the problem, is, is you can't take the next step to that and say, because if you do, this might happen. Because fortunately, we, we, we live in a civilised society. Uh, but we have to, we, we have to guard... We, I don't know, we have to kind of guard against... Some people don't live in a civilised society, and yet we all live in the same world. Uh, and and so we just have to be extraordinarily vigilant. Is is all is all we can do. There's no other answer really. Uh, you know, I, I get I don't get offended. I get I, I'm aware when people make make jokes about Christianity. I'm aware of it. it doesn't offend me. I'm, I'm quite thick-skinned about it. it. Doesn't bother my particular faith. But I am aware that within other faiths. And probably within my faith, if you go to the Bible Belt of America, you, you're quite likely to get macheted if you if you know if you do jokes like that there. So we have to be we have to be vigilant about it. There's no answer to this. This isn't going anywhere. This this diatribe. But well, that's but, the point, isn't it? Because there's a, there's a desire for a sort of binary answer. You say, well, you can't say but. It's an absolute. Uh, the free speech fundamentalism mm-hmm. is the powerful point because it's not actually an absolute. Should you have the right to do these things? Yeah, of course you should. Should you do them, Tiffany? Well, that's not the same question, is it? Surely everything's up for grabs or nothing is. Which, but you can do it, but do you, you want to do it? it? You know, everyone, in terms of comedic sensibilities, yeah. everyone has their own rules, and 
ideas about what they want to joke about. I think the minute we, dis- we start discussing the content, for example, I saw a comedian on the night that happened, he said, did you see the cartoons? They were pretty racist and awful. Uh, I didn't think they were very funny. Now, the minute we start getting into a debate about whether something is funny or not takes away from, it's the but again, it takes away from the act that has happened, which is horrific. Um, my personal thing is I yeah. try and punch up, right? I try and punch up. So yeah, I've done jokes about the royal family and I've done them on TV and I've received messages off people on Twitter uh, about specifically the royal family and Jeremy Clarkson. That seems to really wind <laughs> people up. Uh, in combination. Uh, so Jesus, um, the royal family and Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah, that'll yeah. put the Prince Andrew story in the shade. Won't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, so I try and punch up. I kind of try and take my comedy to places where I think they're big enough to be able to take care of themselves. If I if I mock them, hence I will do jokes about Kim Kardashian. You know, and uh, so, so, but I wouldn't do jokes about homeless people, for example. So I try. That's but my. You, you wouldn't feel that other people should be prevented from doing jokes. No, about. I that's think everything. Point, yeah, I think everything has to be up for grabs, or nothing has to be up to. Up Which for is grabs. why you should burn a wreath if you're in, def- or not burn a wreath, but you defend the people that burn a wreath. If I you're defending people's right to do d- a cartoon. You just that the whole the whole point is once we start trying to put limits on this within, com- we're in really dangerous territory because freedom of speech doesn't exist alongside censorship. No. Those are not happy bedfellows so uh so you you go by your own judgment and your own call in those things and if you are offended by something specifically if you're religious for example i mean i was christian church of england but i'm not uh religious but you know then then you don't do them within your religion uh and then anyone who's not part of your religion isn't part of that i think we have to be able to i think we have to be able to say otherwise where are we if we start putting lines on on where the boundaries lie, because everyone has a right to be offended. You know, do you take offence? Are you given offence? It's a real... I would defend a comedian's right to say... You know, but, but bearing in mind that some things are, stop becoming jokes and start becoming... Because this happened with Dapper Laughs recently, because I had the... I, I think he's terribly unfunny and awful, but he went on Newsnight, and when Emily Maitlis said, you're responsible for rape, I was like, I don't think you can say that. You're responsible for, for perpetuating a culture... Uh, a rape culture, you know, and Only and rapists, misogyny, yeah. but you can't. So, uh, so that's where I think we have to, you know. Does that yeah. make sense? I don't know yeah, if that no, makes sense. You know, I, sense. people that, are just looking at me going. You're I think we need. I think we need to make a division here between we do have freedom of speech to to you know. As long a great as it's degree. not hate, hate we, speech, we, we and you're not encouraging we, people to do hateful things. What we don't have is an equality of speech, and part of the motivation for. Um, the attacks, I think, and, and part of the motivation behind Islamic terrorism is, is the feeling that they, their voice isn't being heard in that we don't have a media in the West which gives um, an equal voice, prominence, to the grievances of, um, of, of that culture. And, and, and we don't hear that side of the story of why do you hate our culture so much? Why do you hate America? Why do you hate Britain? That is not part of the mainstream dialogue. And, you know, I think that when, when you do try and shut down parts of, of, of um, that conversation, as we do, I think that that does breed anger and it does breed explosive acts of violence because people think the only way that we can be heard is by cutting off heads, is by shooting up newspaper offices. It's not to excuse it, but it's to, they, they, you know, I, I think that we yeah, create I mean, the situation ourselves a little bit 
by not having a, an equality of speech, we purposefully have a mainstream media which shuts off certain parts of the, the debate which they find distasteful. Yeah. Is it, I mean, the, on the week that the... Uh, the Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mrs. Pepe, lovely to yes. see you. <laughs> <laughs> that the sound of one person clapping is... Uh, <laughs> but, you know, That's on Newsnight... almost night, Buddhist, wasn't it? <laughs> On Newsnight, the week that one of the journalists was beheaded, the story they chose to run with was the uh, dessert that had been left out the fridge too long on Bake Off. Yeah, it's, so no, it's, it's not the show it was, Newsnight. Um, <laughs> let, 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 let me end, as, as so many things do. Frankie Boyle tweeted it best, I think, when he said, I'm reading about freedom of speech in a newspaper that tried to get me arrested for making a joke about the Queen. So which kind of just nails everything, with the question of it being selective, it being fundamentalist. Um, right, second half, we've got loads to get through, because that, that, that um, uh, well, we didn't get through as much as I thought we were going to get through in the first half. So there That's are a bits, heavy half, wasn't it? Th- Jesus. Th- 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 we've gone over already. There are bits of paper and pens over there. Please get involved. Any questions you want to put to the panel, individual members or, or, or all of them, or, or even me, I suppose, things that you'd like us to talk about, uh, subjects you'd like us to pile in on and we will see you again in the second half until then please join me in thanking our panel Bob Mills Rich Pepiat Helen Lewis and Tiffany Stevenson I'm James O'Brien thank you and off we go I won't I won't be uh, I won't be springing any unexpected questions on you um, so we can hopefully avoid any sort of chukka Amuna style walkouts um, the, 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 can I, I make a quick statement before we start carry on. that whole first half I was in character okay thank God for that thank God I think we all were <laughs> um, you, you haven't. I, I, you'll allow me to say this. We're, we're, we're quite close. We've known each other a while now. You, you haven't covered yourselves in glory with the with the interval contributions. Um, again, no, there was one week when I pretended that you hadn't covered yourselves in glory, and then as a great reveal, uh, this is possibly only for people who've been before. I said, actually, they're brilliant this week. That's not going to happen this week. I'm not. <laughs> there's no tension building here. Um, and and some, of the, some of the issues will be on their way. This one is just strange. Um, but I think I understand why you've asked the question. I'm just not quite sure you've come to the right place. Should it be rape if a man takes the condom off during sex without the woman knowing when she believes that he still has it on? I know there's a Julian Assange uh, subtext there. But when we say no pressure to be funny... <laughs> 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 there's, I don't know, there's, there's literalism. Um, uh, uh, what, uh, uh, well, you can uh, have a go, point? Bob, if you want. <laughs> well, no, I'm just... Good luck, mate. <laughs> at what point would you have time to remove a condom during sex? <laughs> if you put a condom on and have penetrative sex, yes. at what point in that nine, ten seconds... <laughs> 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 It makes no sense to me. Just go, look, over there. Bing! It's always there if you look. It is. Um, Tiffany, I presume... He's writing. What are you writing? You're writing. So they didn't treat my question with the respect it deserved. (laughs) I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Um, We'll pass on that one, shall we? Uh, uh, Yeah, I think we can. What else? Have we got anything else from them? Um... Um, that's you. Bob, with your comments about UKIP in the first half, you made it, I thought, very endearingly clear that you've never been near my radio show with a barge pole. I have so listened to your radio have show. You? Of course I have. All right, well oh, then, every now and again well I sit at 2 o'clock in the morning and think I want to hear some poor fucker from the East Midlands being bullied. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I take it all back. I take it all back. 
Because um, this, this refers to a feature on my radio show called, called Mystery Hour, which I'm not going to explain. But, but hymns, hymns, I think, you, 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 again, I'm not sure you've got this. How do they get fireworks to display hearts, stars, and other shapes? It's all that's about a, context. That's a good question. It wow. is a, it's a, a good, good question. question but it's Quite a time... left field, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I have always actually secretly wondered oh, how, really? how, how you get fireworks to make certain shapes. I, I, have, I, have, I have wondered that, but I've never dared to say It's a very brave person in the room who <laughs> dared so to ask the question. Probably I'll won't... tell you what, in certain areas, I was in, I was in uh, Turkey recently, and... Yes, you can see the hearts and the stars. Yeah, well, there's a frame. There's obviously a frame, and they're set out in a certain frame. But these went up, and yeah. as they went up, they spelt out these fucking letters. Yeah. And I thought, well, you, how's that done? There's no frame in the sky. And that was fantastic. Were and you I thought, on drugs? No, I, <laughs> I wasn't, actually. They were burning a heretic. It was fucking worth it. I think the Turkish. I think it was one of the people Nick missed off his role of dishonour. I think the Turkish prime minister was on that march as well. I think he, or certainly the Turkish foreign minister. They've jailed more. They've jailed even more journalists. And I appreciate that not everybody finds the idea of jailing journalists that obnoxious or offensive. (laughs) (laughs) But generally speaking, the Turks have done more of it than, uh, than than even Vladimir Putin has so far. Although knowing Vladimir Putin's famously competitive nature, he will take that as a gauntlet that's been thrown down by the Turkish regime and probably by probably by now, actually. He's overtaken the Turks on how many journalists they can bang up. Um, Again, I was not exaggerating. We we hinge upon your contributions for the second half, Jerry, and you thought you'd send this in. The level of funding for prostate cancer research is derisory. Does the panel think it's time the government pulled its finger out? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Rich rich Pepiat? (laughs) (laughs) Um, A a nice question here (laughs) from... <laughs> Why do you get that one? I think we're you kipped out. I think we've had enough fun with. Now go on, one more. All year. right. Is there a danger that continuous media coverage, even by a journalist like you, James, who points out their flaws, is actually increasing their exposure and support? They had no MPs um, uh, until the, their media furore in recent years. To which the answer is yes, but you've got to respond to it's chicken and egg. I think, you know, if you're frightened of fascism and you think it's creeping slowly in carpet slippers back into our country's consciousness, you have to stand up and say so. But if you stand up and say, look, fascists, and some people go, oh, I'm a bit fascist, I'll vote for them. I don't know how you play that. I, I worry well, about that every well, day. Well, let's take a moment and just, you know, say that yeah, James has done more to slap Nigel Farage around the place than, uh, than most other people in this country. So, you know, regardless, I think you deserve a round of applause for that. Um, Bob, Bob Mills doesn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I do know what you're talking about, and I, think, I feel like a lone voice in the wilderness right. here when I'm saying that, honest to God, be very careful, right? Yeah. Of, of, because Nigel I know, Farage, I agree with you. Nigel Farage has got these followers, and they are, they are totally, uh, believe me, they are totally controllable because they're just slightly misguided people of a certain age who, 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 who remember an England that never existed and are worrying why they can't still get there with a, with a, a little token out of the back well, of the sun, right? However, the more that you just shun them aside and say, oh, fuck it, well, oh. we've no point to you. The problem with that is, and that's why you do, you're right to give them to them, is that lurking not very far behind them are a group of very, very nasty people. Every bit 
every bit yes. as nasty as the people who shut the Charlie Hebdo people who were saying, yeah, no, she don't shine any lights on us because we're quite happy to operate here in the dark shadows of the British right wing. And, and, and they're the people we really don't want to be worrying about Nigel because he's just a bit of a drunken, you know, he likes to drink and he's, there's more to him than meets the eye, but none of it is, is worth looking at. But lurking just behind him are some really savage, nasty yes. people. You know exactly. what? I, I'm going to challenge exactly. you on Thank that. You. I'm going to challenge you on that slightly because I saw a show the other day on Channel 4 about the far right in Britain. And this was following around these crews of sort of like, you know, uh, and there's like eight of them yeah. going out to, you know, going out and going, we're going to, you know, British whatever march. Um, and there's like literally a dozen of them going out. That's it's what they can there. gather. Exactly. And you go like, well, uh, well is, it, pro- is it that big an issue? No, but the problem is, and you know this from the work that you've done. If you if you go out to try and find some right wingers, yeah, I'll do it, mate. What are you doing? Documentary? I'll do it. Fucking Muslims, yeah. I fucking hate Muslims. And I'll tell you who else I hate. Fucking old people and West Ham fans. <laughs> <laughs> you can find them, but I promise you... You interviewed my I'm, dad? Is that... Is, is, <laughs> and, and after I said this, I, said, I promise you, there is not a huge lot, but enough people who were saying, yeah, you carry on, you interview them. Yeah. Shine your light on them. We'll right. stay Com- here where you can't Com- see it. Comedy and they're the fuckers you want to worry about, because they, they're the ones that will somewhere find some guns. And, and yeah. honestly, they're, they're there. They're waiting to have... So, sh- so shine the light on Nigel, but only so you can illuminate that which may be around the back and the sides of him. That's, Co- that's what I said. <laughs> Comedy <laughs> is a powerful tool, though, isn't it? I think, you c- I think that's a really powerful, uh, non-violent way of making people look ridiculous and pulling apart there. You know, like when Nick Griffin came out and said that he was pro-eugenics and you went, you've got a wonky eye, mate. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so you can just, you can pick apart... If there was a coal, you would be the first to go, you know? Uh, And and also didn't believe in climate change and if the ozone layer keeps depleting and the rate is going at the moment, everyone will be brown. We know how much he'd hate that. Right, so that you know, but you, you, I think it's good. I think it's it good, to, good to pick apart good. stuff with comedy, and 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 yes, we we have to shine a light on it. Uh, but then equally, if we are given a platform to Nigel Farage to take part in debates, then we have to give a platform to the Greens, whether or not you agree with their Beyonce tax. Which leads us very neatly into the next question. Um, well, not that neatly. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Shall, shall we t- talk about prostate exams? Is Cameron right to stand up for the Greens to join the debate? Um, Tiffany, you're on a roll. Oh, yeah, I just, I just think, it, you know, they should have a voice equally, you know, and uh, then we can get to hear everyone's... You know, Nigel was, was hoisted on his appearances on Question Time. There's absolutely no doubt about it. So I, I understand the statement from the audience of kind of going, are we encouraging or giving more attention to? But what is, the, what, is the, what is the... Answer to just ignore it and try and bury it, you know, you, you can't, can't do you can't, that. You can't look away, you're right. But if you include the Greens, then, I mean, arguably you have to include, certainly the Scottish Nats would expect to look in, some of the Ulster Unionists, George Galloway, Gal- Galloway's yeah. got it. It's going to look like an episode of 15 to 1. This yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not just make it an episode of 15 to 1 then? Let's decide the... Ele- I think we'd all agree, let's just do an episode of 15 to 1. Whoever wins... Uh, I guess to run the country. (laughs) It's a booby prize, admittedly. (laughs) There's uh, there's one problem with that. Uh, 15 to 1 is now, I mean, the days of William G. Stewart along behind us, it's now presented by by a short Danish lesbian, so Nigel wouldn't turn up. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, staying with the Greens, what does the panel think about the Green Party's policy that it is all right to belong to, to prescribed organisations, including Al-Qaeda or any other terrorist organisation, as long as they don't actually participate in terrorist acts? There you go. Someone in the room could come up with a Green Party policy. Helen Lewis, because you failed miserably in the first half. I came is up that, with that actually that policy. I'm never in all my days have I been you so see, insulted. I, I, think it's a very, <laughs> I think it's a very good policy, because I think... I think the terrorist who's the least dangerous is the one who says, yeah, have you ever been a member of a terrorist organisation? <laughs> I am now, yeah. I am now, I'm in it now. Right, okay. Well, you just go and stand over there and have <laughs> They're not the ones we want to be worrying about. Yeah. It's, it's like one, it, ones who paid their subs for the year yeah. are not the ones, yeah. I, I, am, I am, in fact, the fully paid-up member of Al-Qaeda. Yes, officer. Uh, that's, uh, do you know yeah. what though? Al Qaeda produce a print magazine. So do you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs> but I just think, as a print journalist, there are very few jobs remaining in print journalism. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't be so quick to condemn. This is, well, what have you heard? This is true. <laughs> it's it's called Inspire, by the way. It's 16 pages, quite glossy. Got a lot What's of it photo. called? Inspire. Ooh. Yeah, that, it's very like It's a bit uh, like Sky Mall, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's a bit, it's got a touch of the airline about it in it Spire. Have, yes, it does. It probably has, in fact, yeah, got, like got, there is probably another magazine that is something like the, 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 the house magazine of the British tiling industry that's probably also called Inspire, and they can't work out the fucking state of their post bag. <laughs> there, there's a, uh, there, there's a, a hairdresser's in Perivale called Isis that I always drive past seeing me nan, and I always think, oh, shame. That's a, <laughs> Unfor- at what point do they go little oh, hang in there ISIS will go away there's What's no point of changing that sign goddess because, of uh, beauty or you know, something uh, uh, it's, it's hanging about it's hanging about I love that ISIS uh, um, so we don't uh, the Greens in the debates actually but, uh, what do you think about that Helen because uh, I signed an open letter saying the Greens should be allowed in the debates they're polling like 10% they've got an MP they're in control of a council they should absolutely do it unfortunately they will bore everyone to death <laughs> I think we should go into this with our eyes open. No disrespect to Nathie Bennett, who is in many ways a fine leader, but she is Dull. not televisual gold. No. Maybe she should not cut her hair like Boris Johnson and start leaving her shoelaces undone. I think she does. I think she does actually cut her hair like Boris Johnson. Most people in the Green Party seem to cut their hair like. No, Boris but the Johnson. fact is, is that it doesn't always show an utter failure of, our, of of how we view politics. Is that we even discussing like, oh, well, it's not very good television. It's running the country. That's not what it's about. It's about policies. It's well, about what you do in government. Yeah, not but about the TV debates are kind of about tele- television. Well, well, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that part of it, but the. Point we don't we shouldn't elect people based on how they present themselves. I know we do, but really we shouldn't. It should be about this is we think they've got good policies, but we end up having people like Nigel Farage or Boris Johnson who we just go, well, actually they're quite funny on telly, and yes. oh, I wouldn't mind having a pint with him. That's a failure of, of, of our political system, and America's been doing it for a long time, and we're going the same way. I don't know. I don't know that there's any alternative. It started with Wilson, I think. I'm, I'm building on the claps. I got one to start, and I got about <laughs> a quarter of the room. But there'll be a standing applause at some point I'm sure I don't know, I'm got, no everyone be quiet everyone be quiet Rich carry on mate let's go for that ovation <laughs> I reckon we should start treating the male politicians how we treat women in the media so we should just start judging them on the way they dress you know I want to see articles like I don't care what the policies are I just want to know how old he is and when he's going to have babies or stuff like how do you maintain your middle age spread it's so special uh, Eric Pickles <laughs> 
Yeah, I knew I could just say that then. I didn't have to. Didn't, didn't I just think every man in politics could strike a blow for equality by wearing exciting shoes. That's it. That's all I ask. Clown start shoes. Off. <laughs> just start, start off small. Try it. Try a kitten heel. Then work. <laughs> Do you not think it's so unfair that if you're a male politician, you're basically issued with your suit on day one of politician school, and that's it. You live in it, and you die in it, and you're buried in it. There was an Australian television presenter who made this point um, almost as powerfully as you did, Helen, but by wearing the same suit every single day for a year, and and his colleague, his on-screen colleague, would often be picked up, as Tiffany alludes to, by the newspapers for her choice of outfit. You see it happen to um, people like uh, Susanna... What's the chops Reed. Off, off Susanna Reid? And, and they actually will get an article about what they wore. Natasha Kaplinsky used to get it. I think Emily Maitlis gets it. So this bloke wore exactly the same suit every day for a year, and, and nobody noticed. And I, I know you're making a serious point, but I will now try to. <laughs> no one really likes looking at blokes. I don't think that's true. I think you've forgotten the existence of heterosexual women and gay men. (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't think that... No, no, this is why I said it was not going to come out as a serious point, Helen. I don't believe believe that you are actually particularly interested in what what a bloke is wearing. Well, says the bloke with a career on radio. Yeah. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) The night ends with Rich Papiot hailed as a god and carried to the streets of central London. I'm branching branching out, but in my actually, I've got I've got it now. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't say any of that out loud. <laughs> women are more interested in all that stuff in the Mail Online and the, and the magazines than men are. Men don't really sit there going, "What's she wearing today?" It's always women that do. Oh, I don't think much of that, and I don't know if she. If there's, and that, I'm afraid, is a powerful point that deserves a round of applause. <laughs> no, don't give no, it one. No. Don't give that one. <laughs> don't give that. It's true. Let's though. talk about the uh, fraternity. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I think it's. I think fashion has its place. I think I think this about sort of the Oscars. Like last year, for example, um, when Kate Blanchett was nominated for an Oscar and she walked down the red carpet, she was quite rightfully annoyed that being a, a talented, smart uh, individual, the first question everyone asks is, who are you wearing? And this is how I feel about that question. When I see it on a red carpet, it reminds me of that scene from My Cousin Vinny. Right, you don't need to have seen the film, but there is a scene in it where uh, Joe Pesci's about to go deer hunting and he says to his girlfriend, played by Marissa Tomei, uh, who won an Oscar for the part. Tomini? Tomini? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomini? 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 Marissa Tomei, yeah. Oh, little um, bit of chuckle, I'm brothers. still thinking about Blanchett. <laughs> so am I, I know. <laughs> um, uh, Blanchett. He, he says to his girlfriend, he says to her, um, he's about to go deer hunting, and he asks what pants he should wear. And this is how she responds, which sums up the argument about what people are wearing perfectly. She goes, imagine you're a deer. You're walking along the road and you're a thirsty deer. You see a little puddle in the middle of the road, so you walk over to it. You put your little deer lips on the puddle to take a sip. Then, bam, some motherfucker shoots you. Now, I asked you, do you give a fuck what kind of pants he's wearing? Right. Yes, I like that. That sums up the kind of thanks. One clap in the corner. Cheers. Uh, it, 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 it builds. Don't build. worry. It builds. <laughs> Your next one gets bigger by the end. It's great. It's, uh, <laughs> but the thing is, right, that men are desperate to get involved in the whole fashion thing. They're just, they're just desperate to. We had um, Grayson Perry, you might know, a very tall transvestite, try walking into a restaurant with him. 
quite something. Yeah. And he makes a very good point that men wear watches, right? You, de- Rich, not to pick on you here, but I'm going to pick on you. You have no need to wear that watch. You have a phone that perfectly adequately tells you the time. You're wearing a lovely bracelet. Why not just wear a lovely bracelet? It was a Christmas present from my mum. <laughs> You're taking the piss now. That was shit. <laughs> now we're bringing the mums into it. That's now the mums are coming into it. Um. It's true though. That wasn't that wasn't just for a clap. My mum did buy it for me. But you're right. The thing is, she bought me a watch, and and and, and it's so black. She says you like things that are black, and I was like, yeah, I do. Um, except my girlfriend's ginger, which is the opposite of black. Um, but, uh, <laughs> it's controversial. I don't think... I don't, <laughs> politically, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> pray, pray tell us more, Richard. <laughs> but it's so black that you can't see the hands. Oh. Because the hands are also black. It's completely black. There's, there's just shades of black of the hands, so you can't see it. Like, unless I'm literally in the brightest... I have no idea what the time is. Uh, so I have to look at my phone anyway. Um, so it is purely for sorry. fashion. That is nonsense. We wear watches <laughs> to tell the time. Thank you, What's the option? If you're driving, I've got to be there in five minutes. Hang on. You've got a Look at the one on, on the, the dashboard. dashboard. No, I haven't got a thing <laughs> on the dashboard, all right? I haven't got a clock on my dashboard. And it's much easier to do How that. How old is your car? What? How old is your car? All right, do we want to go there? I'll tell you why I ain't got a thing on the dashboard. Because I've got a lamp that's out. And I can't find where it is. But the display on my thing tells me that the lamp is out to the exclusion of how fast I'm going, how long I've been driving, or what fucking time it is, all right? Because it's a 50-year-old Mercedes and the Germans are twats. I'm sorry. Also, also, Tiffany, I, I personally find it offensive that you should care how old his car is because, mm. you know, we're, surely we're all equal. We're, ages. All, we're, all, we're in the same... That was actually Helen, yeah. so... I'm, um, I'm the car ages. <laughs> but whatever Grace you You look the same, you women. <laughs> we no, were right, OK, no, whoa, 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 no, whoa, 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 No applause for that. Jesus, uh, I'm, losing, I'm losing me crowd. <laughs> okay, Whatever's let's... turning... Whatever Grayson Perry might have told you, men wear watches for two reasons. Two reasons: a, because to tell the time, and b, because it was a present of Rich's mum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him that, but most people here got one. At I, 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 I have to say that the one she got me has got lovely hands, a nice yeah. clear face. Well, I've got beautiful. No, I've got no problem at all. God bless you, Mrs. Pepia, and your early round of applause from the back of the room. Absolutely charming. Um, let's get topical briefly. Am I alone, asks this member of the audience, in being gleeful that the Greeks are about to stick two fingers up to austerity? It does indeed look as if the um, general election result is going to... Helen, I'll start with you, because I I know New Statesman, as long ago as 2012, was providing primers and predictions Mm. on this, but it really is about to hit the proverbial fan, isn't it? It's really exciting, because Syriza has got a really radical anti-austerity message, and Greece is in a really bad way that I don't think here in Northern Europe we quite realise what austerity has done to those southern Mediterranean countries. The rates of homelessness are huge. There's been a third of the population now unemployed. It's absolutely... Plus refugees coming in from Turkey and from Syria. It's a country that's in a really bad way. So they look like they're softening a bit, maybe. They won't ask to pull out of the euro... 
they might not have quite the showdown with the Troika, that's the central banks, and uh, with Germany that you've got to win. But this is the big test for everyone who's been left-wing in Europe, is that can a truly radical anti-austerity left-wing government, can they actually govern? Because in some senses, they've been seen as being a protest party, the same as UKIP. Now, I don't think anyone here would want to have a crack at looking what a UKIP government looks like, but they are that radical, but from the left. So it will be really fascinating to see what happens. You feel bad for the, for the Greeks, don't you? Even their yoghurt strained. <laughs> I thought that deserved more. <laughs> well, That's no. fine. Now you applaud his mum buying him a watch. No, to be to be honest though, the Greek, you know, being homeless in Greece is not the same as being homeless <laughs> in Glasgow. You know what I mean? Like homeless in Greece, like, oh, it's twenty four degrees tonight. Oh, I can, I, I'm not going to wear both my pairs of shorts. You know what I mean? Ah. Oh. As I lie out here in the beach. Every left winger in this country, every left winger in this country must be looking at Alexis Tsipras. Yeah. And then looking at Miliband and thinking, yeah. what the fuck have we landed ourselves <laughs> Look I at need this to give guy. him a bacon sandwich. He looks he beautiful, opens. he smiles, everyone loves him. And also, it's history repeating itself. Because let me tell you, the last time that the Germans tried to control the whole of Europe. It was the left-wing Greeks who were the first of the mainlanders to fight back. It's very right? true. It's very true. Alifta, Alifteria e Sanatos, freedom or death, was, the, was their mm. battle cry. And now it's sort of... Uh, I don't know what the battle cry is now, but it could, it could Dignity soon. for all Greeks, which is really nice. Yes. Dignity as, mm. a, as a political slogan. It just seems a bit more elevated than... What on earth is Labour's one? Hard-working Britain better off. No, that's the Tories. Off. Oh, oh, no, that's Labour. No, it's no, Labour's one, because it's got no <laughs> verb in it. Interchangeable, whatever, you know what I mean? I tell you, if it's someone just... did launch a party for people who don't want to be hard-working but have very little choice, I think they'd clean up. That's the idea. <laughs> well, what are we, is a that their for... slogan, dignity for all Greeks? Yeah. As opposed to UKIP's, which is dignitas for all, <laughs> for all Greeks. <laughs> <laughs> I hope, I hope that the, 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 this party get in the hard left party because yeah. it'd be interesting to see, I mean, you know, how, how that'll pan out because it's sort of like, you know, f- quite far left politics often dismissed as, oh, well, you know, bloody communist, uh, Russians tried that. And uh, it'd be interesting to see in the modern awesome. context how that would work out, um, you know, in Europe. And, and if it was a success and, it, and, and if there was an improvement, then maybe, that, you know, that would be able to be more discussed here, because you know we don't well, have well, a left, we don't have a left wing party. The Greens, I guess, are the left wing party, but Labour's not a left wing party anymore. What what the, what's the Labour do that's left wing? I mean, them and the Tories are just interchangeable. Is there any um, traction in this? This is because Davos, of course, has been unfolding this week. This um, <laughs> how, how do you describe it, Helen? Sort of officially, what is it? Is this a sort of meeting of awful lobbying billionaire wanker fest? Okay. Thank you. Um, <laughs> well, that wasn't on my invitation. <laughs> I wouldn't be sitting here tonight if I'd have known that. But the, the head of our CBI, the Confederation of British Industry, has been speaking out against inequality at Davos, saying, and this, I think this is fascinating, there have been a lot of conversations here about inequality having reached a point where it is not acceptable from a moral point of view. And that is bad for business. <laughs> it's a bit last days of the, you know, the regime, though, isn't it? Don't you get the feeling that the, what's really happened is a kind of Versailles-like realisation that actually inequality is so bad that it might be a case of give poor people a bit more money and hopefully they won't like, hang us all from a lamppost? Ah, now, that is just almost like 
That's that was a that was an article in the Guardian. Uh, the, Will the, Hutton, the, the American technology billionaire Nick Hanauer, of course, said recently, if we don't do something to fix the glaring inequities in this economy, the pitchforks are going to come. For but, us. It, but it's true. There's a lot more poor people than there is rich people, and the fact that we've put up with it this long is 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 fairly unique in history. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we we've so been our, our will to fight has been sucked well, this out. Is why, of this is so why much I, I, I mention it in the context of the conversation about Greece, because actually. It, it, that, that, I mean, when revolutions and rebellions have unfolded in the past, Helen mentions that in Greece people are actually hungry. I mean, homelessness is up, but people are genuinely hungry. Some people in this country are hungry, but until they're... They don't have any samphire. <laughs> <laughs> until, I, 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 I just don't know where, where, where that breaking, where that tipping point <laughs> would be. Helen, you're right. Lots of people at the moment speak as if there has been some... Rubicon reached, but I, I don't know that, that if I was in Davos, I'd be frightened yet. Yeah, you should be, because what the Greeks are doing, is, and it's not, a, it's not a communist revolution, there won't be no, any pitchforks that. What it is, is it's, a, it's a democratic election, which, which he will win, and what they're saying is, yeah, do you know what, this whole system, we're sorry it failed and everyone, we left you with all this debt, but fuck off, we ain't paying it. All right. What happens there comes a point. No, there does come a point in the affairs of any man where you you have to say, no, I'm not going to keep giving you all my money. Yeah. Because I, my kids are hungry. So if you want to take take me to court because I ain't paying you. It's mm. as simple as that. Mm. Oh well, you'll have to you'll have to leave. What can the they EU. do to a whole country? Well, exactly. What there's yeah. nothing they can do. As an individual, they can give you. They can send the bailiffs around. They can give you all the grief in the world. But as a country, there's nothing they can do. They can sing you out the EU. Fine, we'll leave. Because you know what? We was doing all right before. And by the way, mm. we're taking Spain and Portugal with us. And suddenly, you ain't got such a big bullying group, have you? Mm. I, I don't know. I am just sort of... Um, well, you can do all places you want to go on holiday. You know <laughs> it's there. I was going to say I can give you a serious answer if you want me. Yes, please. <laughs> no, please. I thought mine was. I thought, was a, I thought that was a really bloody good answer. I was really. I thought it was the, uh, the best uh, thing uh, you've uh, said uh, all night. Uh, and I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I mean that. Very, very interesting. Uh, Ellen didn't mean it like that. She Go on, give us the serious well, one. Well, no, I mean, what you can do is you can completely junk a country's credit rating, meaning none of the bond markets will lend to them. No, they will not be able to finance their economy. But do you, need to borrow economy money? do you need to borrow? I mean, yeah. like, you know, Otherwise no, you can't no one will roads. give me credit and I just don't have a credit card. But no, do no, you build any roads or hospitals? Let's not get personal. Let's not get personal. I'm trying to build a little hospital in my third drawer down that I used to put my socks in, but it's. It, 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 it's not going very well at the moment. We've got a defibrillator for tiny one for, for mice. This is so basically. And I, don't, I don't even know where this is going. To be I'm, I'm hoping to build it to a standing ovation, but I think um, it's not going anywhere. I, I, I can't see it happening. To be are we, are we uh, <laughs> suggesting the Tyler Durden school of politics? We uh, destroy all the banks and restore everyone's credit rating to zero. Start again. That's, yes, someone in the audience went, yeah, I've watched Fight Club. Um, it's interesting. I've got I've got a piece of paper here just because I have two quotes that have been written about Davos this week. Which uh, one was in a newspaper saying Davos is starting to get it. Inequality is the root cause of stagnation. And then Will Hutton wrote a piece for the Guardian saying a too powerful financial elite threatens wider prosperity, which comes under the no shit Sherlock school of headlines. Um, and I think that's really the point of it is is uh, we need to just start getting corporations to pay their fucking tax bills. Companies that make so much money pay your tax. If I'm so much as late with my, uh, with my tax return, if I'm so much as late, I get a 100 quid fine, I get letters, I get chased. How come people are still consistently 
allowed to get away with owing billions of pounds. Corporations well, uh, making money still allowed to get away with making well, you know, billions of pounds. Well, I can, I can give you the serious. I can give you the serious answer if yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's quite easy though. They're, they're, they're just the, biz, the, the, the defense is very simply. Well, if we do that, they'll all leave. And you lose lots of jobs, and you lose income tax, and I can see their argument. It's bullshit, but they, well, but they and also the people who are making the decisions when they leave politics want to walk into a cushy yeah. two-day-a-month well, yeah. directorship well. working for Google or whatever, and you know. And also the fact is, is that we all use these companies. The fact that although I go Google a bastard, blah blah blah, you know what? I was just working on a film for Google. You know what I mean? They're paying me to make something. And I'll call them bastards, but I'll still take their money. Well, then we need to close And that that makes me a hypocrite. If if we're doing this, I've got a book out on Amazon next month. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we all use Google. You don't don't go, oh, I'm going to use something else that I don't like. Google don't pay their taxes. I won't use Google. Everyone in this bloody room used Google today. So the fact is, we're all, we, none of us how do, do you, it. How do you know? Because I <laughs> hacked all of your emails and, 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 and checked to make this one joke. Well, then we need to start closing the loopholes that, allows that, that yeah. allow that to happen. But it has to be international. And I don't know how that would work. And it'd be interesting to see what Greece did. Because if Greece wants to Well, that's stop what this forum is about, is it not? It's about world economics, right? So that's what, that's what needs to be discussed. Rather than Hang on, you mean what, not this forum here? <laughs> no, 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 Bob, this is about... Well, this is, that's in part three. <laughs> Jesus, I'm underprepared. <laughs> Um, I woke up with a start then, (laughs) (laughs) Davos, mate, Davos. Um, Because they opened that. What I found was interesting, they opened it, didn't they, with Al Gore and Pharrell Williams. And, and of course, Pharrell... Davos? Yes. 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 They were the openers, mate. Keep up, Rick. They... They, uh, because we know Pharrell Williams would never sort of uh, team up with a uh, uh, privileged middle-aged white man for just controversial headlines. Uh, but uh, he, well, I don't know enough about Pharrell Williams to get that. Well, I, he I do. Robin no, Sick. He was oh, more, yeah, okay. well, oh, explaining oh, how rape is okay if you set it to a catchy tune. You remember? Um, but uh, but what what they so so Jim <laughs> Kim, who's the president of the World Bank, which is amazing. You cannot be called Jim Kim and be president of the World. You, Humpty Dumpty. You can't, you can't, and also you can't trust Kims. Jim Kim. Jong Un, Jong Il, Kardashian, don't trust them. <laughs> Never trust a Kim, right? But he's, he said that we need to look at climate change. That's why we need to listen to Al Gore. Al's, Al Gore's solution, right, for, uh, for making people more aware of climate change is this. We're going <laughs> to hold a 24-hour pop concert, which will definitely make people more aware of noise pollution. <laughs> But feeds into something that particularly pisses me off, which is I am sick of pop stars, singers, bands preaching to me about shit that they don't do themselves. Go away, Bob Geldof, telling me to give money to help people with Ebola. Have these people not suffered enough? Right? I have to listen to your song now, and you offshore your... No, but he offshores his tax. So all of these... When, when pop singers come out and tell me how to be, behave in an ethical fashion, I find that really insulting. And I don't think that's the answer to solve climate change, and I feel it's a diversion from the fact that the poverty gap is widening. That's the problem. The poverty gap is widening. I mean, stop calling it the poverty gap. Call it its proper name, Primark. Can I just remind you, though? It's, uh, yeah, it's all very... It's easy, yeah, <laughs> to poke fun at, at pop stars. Let me just remind you of the words of uh, a young gentleman called Sting. (laughs) Do, 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 da, da, da. (laughs) 
That's all I want to say to you. <laughs> I think we should all take a moment to reflect on the wisdom of, of, of Mr. Sting. Um, uh, two more. Two more. Um, Two sorry, more. am I... Sorry, if I... That was a side, but that was the thing that irritated me about that. And I don't know if, how you guys feel about pop stars preaching about things that they don't oh, necessarily... I'm so here for that. You two do it all the time, and you two run their tax to a holding company in the Netherlands. Which, oh, you two. I'm so... <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's me and you, Bob. It's me and you. <laughs> oh, you were getting personal again. <laughs> Actually, I thought, fucking Pepeon... Released the fucking album and I didn't know about it. I, I was throwing out my tax return. I was like, I don't owe, I don't owe a lot of tax, do I? That's depressing. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's the tax avoidance. Just don't earn enough. There you go. That is the challenge to, to sort of break that pincer movement of, of um, when people say maybe the rich people have got a bit too much and then their friends in the media shout oh, that's the politics of envy, and, and then someone who's got a bit of money says, and they should be keeping their own tax regime, I grant you, Tiffany, but someone who's got a bit of money says, that Russell Brand, you think, of oh, that's not fair, that's not right, and everyone, the same people shout, oh, that's champagne socialism, and if you break it down, there's nothing left. If it's politics of envy there, and champagne socialism there, then absolutely nobody is allowed to complain about the status quo in the world, according to Rupert Murdoch, whose second biggest shareholder is, of course, a Saudi Arabian prince, and who said last week that every Muslim in the world is responsible for the Charlie Hebdo massacres. No Let pressure to be James, funny. James, son. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I've got... No, I've, I've, fuck, I've got to jump in here. You want to slag off, you know, uh, Bob yeah. Gelder, but leave status quo out. Because uh, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> they've never done no harm no, to mate, no I'm one. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll leave it, I'll leave it now. We have recently bought three chickens for our garden and called one of them James O'Brien. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. What are the other two called? Mussolini and Hitler. <laughs> what are they called? Chow Mein. that fucker's walking around with confidence, isn't he? Thank you, thank you, Order. And finally, because we're already out of time, but I want to squeeze this one in. Is it time, asks Dawn, for page three to go? Helen Lewis. Absolutely, 100%. Because I was reading the New Statesman, and by the end of page two, I thought, this is fucking nonsense. I can't be having any more of this. I didn't. Um, (laughs) The only other thing that I will accept is if on page five they have some bloke with his balls out. Listen, they used this. I'm sorry. There used to be a page five fella, seven, probably before seven, you, seven, page seven fella. And you know what? You wasn't allowed to do it because you can't show a men's even limp, flaccid. You cannot show a men's. Do you know? You know why there's not balls on there? Because no one likes balls. <laughs> Thank like, you. That's what I was saying earlier about looking at men. Ha ha! No. No, I will happily say I like to look at a penis, a nice penis. Well, I'm just hello. saying no woman in the history of the world has ever gone, I'm a balls girl. That doesn't exist. It's not a peccadillo. It's not a... It's I'll, not I'll call it what I like. Sometimes you just have to suffer for feminism, OK? <laughs> we we need feminism. to see balls to make it... Um, no one wants to see balls... Someone must have attractive balls. I mean, there must be a pair of really attractive, like, perfectly spherical, like, you know, smooth balls that someone's just born with, and they are the genetic future that we need to just... 
you know, I, I think in a hundred years we will have much nicer balls because the men <laughs> with nice balls will get the attractive women and, and that's how Darwinism works. And I think in, you know, a few generations time we'll have really attractive, they'll be like boobs, but like balls and they'll have like nipples and they'll be like, yes. oh, he's got a real nice pair of balls on him. Yeah. And, and yeah. that'll be it. You'll, you'll wear things that show Can off your get... ball cleavage. You push, <laughs> you push your balls together and you get like a ball cleavage and you wear a pair of pants that shows off your ball. That, we, that's where we're can going. Can we also get... If that's, that's the case... future. If we replace it with beautiful balls in the future, can we also have what age those balls are and how they feel about HS2? <laughs> what it is is evolution. You can right now. I can tell you things. Evolution. No, that's on a show. Sorry, wrong, wrong show. Tiff, evolution has shown you up, right? Because what evolution does is it's, it's made the point where women, to procreate the species, women have had to become more attractive. Oh, the breast men, that breast, and they have to be bigger. And they like this shape. Oh, in the Middle Ages, they like this shape, so they had to be like that. So mm. women have consistently adapted, right? Men's bollocks have been the same for 2,000 years. <laughs> You take it or leave it, love. <laughs> you just shown how religious you aren't because you just mentioned evolution. <laughs> let, 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 let's leave it there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> As testicles and evolution bring us to a... It's where we all wanted it to go. Don't pretend you came yeah, out for something else tonight. I, I would remind you all... <laughs> But without testicles, there would be no evolution. <laughs> um, please join, please join me in thanking your uh, your panel this evening: Bob Mills, Rich Pepia, Helen Lewis, and Tiffany Stevenson. A round of applause, please, for the brilliant Ben Norris. And I think we will raise the roof for the legend that is, and hopefully still will be, Nick Revel. This is no pressure to be funny. There's a cracking panel at the, the next show at the end of February. I'm James O'Brien. Good night.